Welcome to the RentBits Rental Talk podcast, where we interview thought leaders within the rental and real estate industry, discuss current rental market trends, and get their thoughts on how to grow a successful real estate business. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Here's your host, Dan Doherty. Welcome to this new episode of RentBits Rental Talk. I am your host, Dan Doherty. And today we have Jennifer Cyphers from Pinwheel here in the Denver area. Jennifer, welcome to our studio. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. So um, a couple things. One, Jennifer and I just did an hour-long podcast that I think was probably the best content that we've ever done. And uh, it's not recording. So we are doing this again. And we are using the Anchor.fm uh, app. So if you're listening, Anchor, please try to find that podcast. And if we find it, we'll go ahead and upload it. But Jennifer, thank you for, for coming in. Can you briefly tell us what Pinwheel is? And then after that, I want to hear your story about how you were trying to call me and you accidentally called 911. Yes. All right. So Pinwheel is a touchscreen application that is used on site for uh, multifamily sales and leasing. The idea is that... Um, there are a lot of great options for prospective residents to find properties on the web and um, using digital interfaces. But once they go on site, there it's really it, up to this point has really been like an old school experience. So the idea was just to improve and modernize the sales and leasing offices and multifamily properties. Um, typically, pinwheel the pinwheel application is on a large touchscreen that is mounted on the wall. So when a prospective resident comes in, they can touch the screen to see what's available, um, see when it's going to be available, and kind of flip through floor plans and images and then create a digital brochure. And uh, and we were talking about this before. You're really taking – because you started at Apartments.com a long time ago, right? Apartmentguide.com. Apartmentguide.com. Yeah. Back in the day when internet was still, still kind of – not as popular as it is today. Uh-huh. And now uh, renters can go on apartment guide and rent.com and unit apartment list and rent bits. And there's a million of us um, find what they're looking for. Then they go on site and you're an extension of the leasing. I, I, I'm assuming that you can dramatically increase the on-site leases by really allowing me to go look for that three bedroom apartment um, within the leasing area. Right. Right. If the leasing agent maybe is busy showing someone else a property or they're on the phone, I can actually go and see the floor plans, dive deeper, do a lot of cool things. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's the whole idea is that we want prospective residents to one, just have a, have a um, better, more high touch experience on site and also um, to dive deeper into what unit they are actually interested in. It's great for lease ups, for example, because if they're narrowing down what properties they want to see and they go to this property and they're like, oh, it's a brand new property. So they have a hundred one bedrooms available. I don't need to really, there's no um, pressure or sense of urgency. Um, but if they use the touchscreen and they kind of narrow down what they're looking for, they like a particular floor plan and they really don't want to be on the first floor and this one's near the pool then they're attracted to the one particular home and it creates a higher sense of urgency for them. So we're just kind of like bringing them deeper into the leasing process before they even start the tour to increase close rates. Got it. Um, In today's podcast, we're going to talk about ideation. Yes. Uh, I'm really curious to see how the idea of Pinwheel, you know, came to be. And then how do you guys as a team um, develop ideas, bubble them up to the top to figure out what 
maybe the best new feature to launch and so forth. Mm-hmm. But before going to that, I'm really curious. I want to hear the story of how you called 911 and why. <laughs> so this was a few years ago, but I was driving. I picked up my daughter from a birthday party and I was driving her home. And as we're driving down the street, it was one of those like four lane streets with a median in between. And um, I look to the left and this there's a car coming towards us like in its own lane. And this guy is standing on the side of the road and he darts out like right as the car is coming and the car hits him and he flips over and he lands on the street. And as I'm pulling over, I bring up my phone and I'm like, Siri, call 911. And Siri says, calling Dan Doherty. I'm like, <laughs> of all the times to fail me, Siri. Wow. That's pretty bad, Siri. I know. But you know CPR, right? <laughs> I tried. So did you end up calling 911? So then I ended up uh, pulled over, called 911. We went over. Actually, the story gets kind of crazy. So I went over and was like checking the guy out. There were already a couple people over there. He was um, like unresponsive. We couldn't figure out what was going on. I'm talking to the police. This guy that I know walks up next to me. And I'm like, hey, just a minute. I'm on the phone with the police. I get off the phone. Hey, how you doing, Jen? I'm fine. How are you? He's like, not very good. That guy just ran in front of my car. So the guy that hit the guy is a friend of mine. No. It was so crazy. I will fast forward to the end of the story because, well, actually, the then as we're, the police come, the first responders come, they're checking out the guy. Another car comes up and slams on the brakes because of this scene and the car behind it hit them. So then the first responders are dealing with, so we were at this scene of the accident forever. And I just wanted to make sure that the guy was okay. Um, so every they take the second accident off in the ambulance. The guy who was on the ground is just in the ambulance and has been there forever. So I went oh. up to the police officer and I was like, what, like, how is that guy? Is he going to be okay? And he's like, oh yeah. That guy is not hurt at all. He was so inebriated that there's no way that he could even tell what was going on or see the car. He probably saw like four cars coming down the street and just like picked one and no. ran across the street. The only reason he's in the ambulance is to detox. So. Oh, well, I'm sorry I didn't answer the phone and I couldn't help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's a good story. So, that was, so then I, that's my breakup with Siri. So then I never use Siri again. So you Android? I'm done with her. No, oh. I still use my iPhone, but oh. I just don't trust Siri. Yeah, Android's better. A little bit better. Are you an Android person? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I haven't had an Apple. This, this is a this is a Pixel book here. Oh yeah, yeah. I do all my phones are Android. My wife is going to be leaving her Apple and going to Android. Wow. Yeah. So. I used to have an Android. Well, no wait. I had a yeah. I had an Android before I had my iPhone, but I had all these great videos of my kids and. Um, they, I turned off my phone one night and turned it on the next day and everything was deleted from Android. Yeah. This was a long time ago. Oh, okay. So nothing was backed up. Oh yeah. I know. Uh, so it's kind of like, now it's all, it's kind, it's kind of like our podcast that we just did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is oh, more fun. The joys of, well, that's a, that's technology. a good story. Let's, um, all right. So ideation, let's, okay. let's, let's talk about what are some tips on that the listeners can, you know, a lot of the listeners uh, of this podcast are entrepreneurs uh, or they work for a company and mm-hmm. they have ideas. Um, but how can they get the ideas to market? What's the best way to stimulate your brain to have creative ideas? Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, how was Pinwheel started? Was that personal frustration? Did you see a, a gap in the market? You know, and I think we can learn a lot. I'll, I have some ideas uh, that I can talk about too. Of what Rempitz does to stimulate um, our brain waves, awesome. um, and then um, 
kind of open it up for for your discussion. You know, a lot of the people uh, email me as well mm-hmm. uh, on ideas that they might have. So again, if if you have if you're listening, email me at dan at rentbits.com and we can add that to this podcast. Great. So I love doing ideation. And if you talk to anybody that works with me, they will they will tell you that um, we do a lot of that at Pinwheel. Um, as far as starting Pinwheel, that was an idea that kind of first formed in my brain when I was at apartmentguide.com. I had this idea that we would have kiosks in the properties that would kind of um, use the online marketing or fuse the online marketing with the on-site marketing. So make it a one contiguous experience for the prospective resident, which I still think would be, would be great. Um, but um, then I worked at an agency where we did a few kind of one-off um, software development projects for properties that wanted kiosks on site. And I was like, we could make this a great software platform. That's just um, awesome and predictable and a um, great predictable experience for prospective residents. And so that's what we did. That was it. So then you just started development. Did you, did you hire, did you know a developer? Did you, how do you do that? Oh my gosh. So this was um, in 2012 when um, I, there were, there were a lot of people who were not working in 2012. So I kind of got together a, a group of friends that I was like, listen, I'm starting this company. Um, I had somebody doing sales, somebody doing software development, somebody doing like kind of account management and, and extra stuff. Cause we didn't have any accounts yet. And, um, we just, we just started developing it and we just started um, coming up with ideas. We had, it was, um, we had a window in the office that we had all these ideas uh, written on in um, dry erase marker. It was like a beautiful mind. There were like all these uh-huh. diagrams and stuff on the window in the office to start out. So that was fun. So it was at your first kind of, okay, taking, taking the ideas, throwing them on the, on the whiteboard uh-huh. or the window. Yeah. Um, how do you do ideation now? Now that you guys have a great product, uh-huh. very successful in lots of different apartment communities across the nation. Um, what do you do now as a team to generate new ideas for features, for new products? Yeah. So we've done a couple of different things. Um, one thing is that we will get everybody together in a room and there are a few things that um, we've learned that really help with brainstorming and coming up with crazy ideas. So we'll have caffeine, we'll have sugary treats, Um, And then we usually spent a lot of time in the room. So all those things kind of sound crazy. Like they're not, it's not good for you to be trapped in a room for a long time and to have a bunch of sweets and caffeine. But studies show that those will actually help people come up with crazier ideas because it, it, um, those things will help you let your guard down a little bit. So when you're in the room for a while, then, then things that are crazier ideas just kind of start falling out of your mouth more. Um, We, and then we also have manipulatives. So we'll have like pens and paper so people can doodle. We'll have silly putty. We'll have um, kids toys, whatever things that people can manipulate with their hands because that improves um, ideation a lot. And then we'll have um, and then we'll whiteboard. So we'll kind of throw throw out every idea. We'll kind of um, put ideas into categories and then split up into groups and have people work on the different categories. And then and then Pixar does a lot of the same stuff here with um, the kids' toys. Yeah, you mentioned that, which yeah. I hadn't heard before. Yeah, so cool. they have tons of kids' toys. That stimulates yeah. the part of your brain that makes you more creative. Mm-hmm. They have different colors in the room. Blue and orange tend to be the best colors to stimulate yeah. um, creativity. There are different word games they play uh-huh. uh, where you might have a list of words and you have to actually add sentence to them. You know, the last podcast that we did was um, improv. Yeah. 
And even doing improv actually helps stimulate brain waves to allow you to become more creative and, and generate more ideas. Um, and then there's a book out there called To Kill, it's called Kill the Company uh-huh. by Lisa Bodell. And I highly recommend, you should definitely read this, but anyone okay. listening to read this as well by on Amazon. And they have a, a matrix that you do and you can do with your team and you, and you have different post-it notes and you pretend you are the executive team for your major competitor and you have unlimited resources and you are trying to kill pinwheel or your company yeah. uh, outside. So you look from outside the box in with unlimited resources, what would a competitor do to kill you? And you'll be surprised at how many great ideas come up from that. And then you can start prioritizing and say, well, this won't take that many resources to do. We can actually implement this yeah. and so forth and so forth. I love that idea. Um, I love that idea in part because it flips around also focusing on your competitors, which I think a lot of companies do. And I think that's that's usually not good for ideation because if you focus on how can we kill our competitor, then a lot of times um, you're, you end up making decisions for the wrong reasons. That's you're right. trying to keep up with them and do features that they do or do features that they don't do only because they don't do it. And it's maybe not what's best for the industry or prospective residents or your clients. That's so true. A lot, a lot of companies look at other companies. How do we kill that company? Yeah. Or how do we, how do we take, t- I mean, Facebook does this a lot. Yeah. They'll take, they'll take um, snap features and uh-huh. put them into, um, and you know, there's pros and cons. Google was never really a first mover in anything. Yeah. They, they looked at the market when they launched search engine, they had 15 search engines. If you remember Lycos and yeah, Dogpile yeah, yeah. and Netscape, Netscape okay. yeah. and Yahoo, but they, they just did it 10 X better than well, anyone that's else. Apple's. That's what Apple does. Apple right? does too. Yeah, yeah. They weren't the first to invent phones yeah. or computers. They just were 10 X better. So you can actually leverage your competition, mm-hmm. see what they're doing, looking at, at the market. Gmail is another great example. They looked at Hotmail, which yeah. was the leader, if you remember yep. back then. Yep. The cost of bandwidth and storage was dropping so much that Google said, okay, let's be 10x better and let's offer one gig mm-hmm. of free storage on Gmail and let's have the best spam filtering ever and let's have the best search experience ever within your Gmail. And now Gmail is the world leader. Yeah. Um, but they weren't first movers. Right. Right. So it's so many entrepreneurs will think, oh, I have to have an idea that everyone has the same. nobody's had. No. Yeah. No, ideas. There's a, if you have an idea, there's a million other people that have that same idea. It's about executing on it. Right. Right. Um, so, so that's kind of the yes and thing that we were talking about before. So one of the ideation processes that we talked about before where we have a bunch of people sit around a table and somebody writes on a card an idea that they have and they throw it in the middle of the table with no names. So nobody has to worry about somebody thinking that they're stupid for their idea. And then the next person picks up the card and says, yes, and, and they kind of add, add to the idea. And that's a great way to come up with new ideas for product development. Um, but that's kind of the same idea with what Google does and, and Apple does where they're like, there were, you know, they were not the first ones to have music on a handheld device, digital music on a handheld right. device. They right. were like, Oh, let's make an MP4, but also with iTunes. Right. And that's why they're so successful. So and people think that they're so innovative. And I'm like, they're really, they really haven't innovated anything. They just go, that's a good idea. We're going to make it way better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they execute on it. But that's interesting. So you, so you do and, how does it work? So let's say we do, yes. um, I don't know. Do you put like, okay, let's, um, let's say we were Google and, and, uh-huh. and, and, and we're going to make a new G, uh, uh, email system. Yeah. Do we say, what? Well, how do you start with that? Do you say, I'm Hotmail and, or how does that work? 
Um, no. So your idea might be just, um, you're a Google, let's create an email system. An email system. And okay. then you pass, and then I get it next. And I'm like, yes, and let's give everybody one gig for free. free. Okay. And then somebody else might say, yes, and um, I don't know what is what else is it. Have the best the spam filtering, you know, no spam. Yes. Or, or, and the next person might say, yes, and let's integrate all of the great Google search features into the email system. Got it. And then by the end, you have this, you have this great, great little product idea. And then, and then you can kind of pick it apart with how do we start with this? So that's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah. Um, Do you ever use crowdsourcing for ideas or, and this is probably a second question when, when, you know, you and I, you and I used to go to a lot of the trade shows yeah. for apartments, uh, national apartment association and so forth. Do you get, uh, do you talk to other vendors to get ideas, not about your product per se, but mm-hmm. maybe um, how they uh, are responding to customers? Are they using different tools for remote working? Are they, do you get ideas that way as well? Oh yeah. And I love sharing ideas that way. That's one of my favorite things about going to trade shows is talking to, talking to other vendors or even talking to um, clients about things that they're doing different ways that they're, um, that they're kind of addressing challenges in their business, um, different tools that they're using. We've um, come up with a lot of great ideas for integrations with companies that we've talked to at trade shows. And um, it's just a great, great way to kind of get energized and refocused on um, coming up with new ideas and, and moving forward. And then in terms of, of crowdfunding ideas, you know, they have, they have some of these third-party apps where you can um, have your customers or uh-huh. your users feed you ideas. Twilio does a really good example of this where they just haven't, Google does this too, where you can actually submit some ideas. Yeah. Um, I wish this product was better for doing this, this, and then you can bubble stuff up to the top. Yeah. Um, do you use any of that or is it mostly talking to your leasing agents and where you can, the users that are coming on site, do you kind of leverage your community to develop ideas? You know, um, we're in kind of an interesting space, both RentBits and Pinwheel, because we're working with um, with property managers and um, properties, but we're really building products for the prospective resident, right? Like you're building a product that's going to be the best for the prospective resident, and I'm building a product that's going to be best for prospective residents. So um, I'm way more interested in what their feedback is and what would be best for the prospective resident and not as much for building a product for leasing agents. If the prospective resident loves it, the leasing agent will. But I have worked with a lot of companies before that get so focused on, well, this property manager requested this feature and then they build it, but it's not the best necessarily for the prospective resident. So we actually really actively try to put ourselves um, in the shoes of the prospective resident and then consult with the property managers and go, you know what, you might think that it would be cool to have a social media feed in your touchscreen, but that's going to detract from leasing. um, And it's not going to be great for your prospective resident to get, to go down that rabbit hole when we're just trying to get them to close the lease. So, so we do a lot of that. And um, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that maybe are lucky enough to talk to other bigger companies that are interested in acquiring them. Uh-huh. Um, Rempitz had this, I think last time we spoke many years ago, I think you were probably. Yep. We at, were in the middle of that. Yep. In the middle of that as well. Um, did you find yourself or do you know any other uh, entrepreneurs finding themselves um, changing their model or adding new features based upon what this potential suitor wants? Yeah. We were lucky enough to not get, 
dragged into that. But now that you mention it, there was a company that we were talking to that kept coming back around that they were like, we're really interested. We just need to, we just need to understand this better. We need to do this better. And I'm like, that's not what we do. Like you're not, you should not, you shouldn't acquire a company. I don't want to change my product to be something that it's not. Um, but I certainly know people who have worked for other startup companies. Um, one of my really good friends is a developer for a company that was acquired by Facebook. So they did well, but when they were in the process he was, it seemed like they were changing direction all the time. Like one week he was like, oh, we're, this company is interested in buying our products, but they want it to be a little different. So we're going this route. And then the next week they're like undoing all that code and doing something different because somebody else is interested. That's going to be frustrating, right? For the <laughs> Well, and that could have been disastrous because if that fell through, now they have features that they probably don't need. Yeah. I mean, that happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, so there's more more things out there that individuals could use for ideation. I think uh-huh. I think we have some good core that people could actually go. And, and if you're listening, if you could just use one of those things, I'm gonna go back and use the and, yeah, uh, and but or but and is it and the yes and the yes and uh-huh. I love that. That's actually an improv. That's an improv, too, right? It's an improv. Thing. Yes, I yeah. think I think um, the last podcast I had with Drew Khan and we uh-huh. did improv. And I think he used that, but he called it and but or yes, yes, but oh, okay. it was yes, but uh-huh. um, and, and that was fun, too. But again, you're using that creativity to really think of really things that maybe individually we could not do, but collectively it becomes much bigger. Yeah. Right. So um, my kids are involved in this program called Destination Imagination. Are you familiar with it? No. Um, it's kind of like Odyssey of the Mind, from what I understand. If I don't that some people know that. Uh, but I I have managed their teams and it's super it's a ton of time that I put in after work, but it's super fun because um you get a group of kids and they have to put together a super complicated project. They have a challenge. It has to be it has to have like um technology involved and they have all these it has to have a presentation, it has to have um all these different elements to it and um, they have to do it all on their own. So as the manager, I do a lot of ideation with the kids as well and they have tasks that they have to accomplish. So it's funny because I'll use things that I've used in my professional life with the kids and it's so fun to see the differences of how creative the kids are and they're so much less inhibited and they will just come up with these crazy ideas and always ideas that are better than what adults would come up with in the same situation. Um, but we do tasks with them that I've done professionally as well. Like, do you know, are you familiar with the spaghetti marshmallow challenge? No. So you get, um, you'll have to Google it. There's a, um, Ted talk about it where they, you give, um, each group some spaghetti straws and, um, a marshmallow and I think some string and a long piece of tape and there's a time limit and they have to build a tower with the spaghetti and place the marshmallow on top. And the higher the tower, the more points they get or the, the more successful they are. So what happens with a lot of groups is they will build the tower. And then the last second, they'll put the marshmallow on top and it crashes. Falls. Yes. Yeah. So so um, it's a great – there are a lot of little like games and tools like that that are great to do also for ideation because then you can break it down and go, okay, what do, what do we learn from this? You need to prototype. You can't build something and then the day before it's released – 
put the finishing touch on it because you, I'm sure everybody's experienced this, even though we all know better because then it's the data release and you're like, Oh God, <laughs> everything is crashed. Yeah. Everything's crashed or we have to rebuild part of it or whatever. Um, so it gives you a lot of ideas in terms of like how to, how you need to prototype, like build a small structure and put the, put the marshmallow on top. And then if that works and you still have time, make it bigger. Um, and um, just also, ideas in terms of like how people work well together you'll you'll get an engineer in the group and hopefully it'll be a better end result right. if it's if you're building like that but maybe the engineer is not the leader in the group so maybe the leader is overshadowing the engineer so it's a really good exercise for um team building and kind of figuring out how people work together and talking about prototyping and 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 um, really idea cool. development yeah what do you what do you tell those that say listen great ideation. Great. I have ideas all the time, mm -hmm. but I am just so swamped in meetings and client meetings and um, phone calls. And I just don't have time to really get creative. This is the, I would say if there's one thing that I've learned the most since I've started Pinwheel, it is, it is this, is how to break out of that um, cycle of having your day full of meetings and, um, responding to emails. I used to go to the office every day. I'd be there like eight to six, let's say every day. Um, and my whole day would just be meeting people, talking to clients, responding to emails. And then I would go home and have dinner. And then if I wanted to get any productive work done, then that was from 8 PM until 10 PM or midnight. So that's how my day was structured right. when I started Pinwheel. Yeah. Um, and then af after a while I was like, this is, this is crazy. We have to flip this on its head. I need to spend more time doing productive work and less time communicating. And so we've done a really good job of um, el pretty much eliminating all meetings with Pinwheel. We'll meet, meet like once a quarter um, and alleviating meetings that we have with clients and also um, structuring our days so that we're not on email all day. And that's made a huge difference. So all of us are more productive with our time. We get things done quicker. Um, and then also that leaves more time for and, and mental space is a huge part of it. You need more mental space to come up with, with ideas. So we're really encouraging of people taking walks and going for hikes or um, just having more time and more mental free space to think things through because that's how you really solve challenges, not in your five minutes that you have free between getting off this client call and answering this email. That's never, that is never going to be a good solution. Uh, yeah. The, having your own time, even, even just quiet time, meditation, going for a walk, mm -hmm. going for a run and start yes. thinking about some yeah. of the problems that you want to try to solve. I think Edison did this and and I think Edison mostly did this at, at night before he would go to bed, he would, he would subconsciously and he'd consciously tell his mind to try to solve a problem that he was unable to solve. Uh -huh. And Many times he would wake up with a solution. So as you're sleeping subconsciously, your mind is actually working and it's not, it's not combined or, you know, it's not in handcuffs. Your mind's not yeah. in handcuffs when you're, when you're in REM and you're sleeping and you become much more creative. Yeah. Um, so that's some of the things that you could actually do when you're sleeping to solve major that's problems. And when you wake up, you're like, okay, you know, have you ever had that? Like sometimes you wake up and you'll have this brilliant idea. That oh maybe gosh. you're thinking of, and then and maybe yeah. you didn't write it down and you forgot about it. Yeah. So he he would also have a notebook and he would wake up, write it down, go back to sleep, 
And then sure enough, in the morning, it's like that solves this problem that I've been thinking about for so long. So one thing that I learned from a um, like a productivity guru um, is and I don't don't remember who it was. Oh, it was Ferris, Tim Ferriss to not check your email until noon every day, which is, so that's how I try to segment my day is the morning is for um, problem solving. Cause I think that decision fatigue is a real thing. So like if I try to solve problems at the end of the day, I'm usually not as successful. So the morning time is a better time for like addressing challenges, um, working on bigger initiatives, big projects, cause ideas come, come better in the morning. In the morning. And then you'll have time after that to focus on, um, you know, it's catching up on stuff, responding to things and being productive. Just more of a daily task that you have the to do. The daily task stuff. Yeah. Saving that stuff for the end of the day, I think is way better. Yeah. Well, this was great. We're, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming in. I would love to have you on uh, in another episode yeah. in the future. Let's do it again right, right. now. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Go to rentbits.com forward slash podcast for show notes and more.